on this Super Bowl Sunday, 7 o'clock. You're listening to the My Community Foundation Hour. I'm your host, Reverend Mitchell L.E. Kenna Johnson. And I'm your very excited, very enthused Philadelphia Eagles super fan, Adia Hayden, <laughs> oh, no. co-host of the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. So here's my question. You yes. think that unidentified flying object was, a, was the Eagles' hopes? For success that was just shot down over Alaska? Uh, no, but it was certainly the Dolphins and the Chicago Bears' success <laughs> that has ended prematurely. Shots fired across. You know, I kind of feel like Paul Vallis. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I, I, I hope I, I, you both don't win. <laughs> it's not fine. I, like, you know, the last mayor of can, uh, can, Candidates Forum, he was receiving hits from the left and the right. Because Paul Vallis um, voted as a Republican um, and um, is, in, you know, has a close relationship with the leader of the Fraternal Order of Police. In fact, um, co-hosted a fundraiser for um, Mr. Maggie himself. When I say Maggie himself, I mean the leader of the Chicago-based Fraternal Order of Police is a member of Make America Great Again. That will be Donald Trump's minions. Mm-hmm. So, and I heard um, actually a good quote on, you know, Twitter of all places, but not Twitter. It, well, they they speak the truth sometimes. But if it was to Chicago voters, if you had any doubts or buyer's remorse for voting for Mayor Lightfoot, then you need to strongly consider not voting for maybe Paul Vallis or Chewy Garcia, because the difference between those three candidates is not as great um, as some of the difference between the other candidates. And, you know, I, I am, in, in all honesty and transparency, um, I, I do like one of the candidates in the race, um, um, in, in, in large part because back during the uh, teachers' strike, mm-hmm. they raised questions that were just germane to how students uh, were tracked how students of color were treated, and they they stood up um, for all students. And I, I just I, I tend to support people who practice what they preach. And say what you want about Chicago public schools, but CTU came out loud and strong. And by and large, we have some of the best, most diverse, innovative teachers in the nation here at Chicago public schools. Somebody ought to clap your hands four times. Yeah, oftentimes there's nothing, it's not a knock at the teachers themselves or the educators themselves, but rather a reflection of a failed system, whether that's um, inadequate funding and mistreatment from the state, as is the case often in Philadelphia, Um, but, or, yeah, funding, resources, and not getting the proper attention. It's not to say that you do not have bright students here in the Chicago public schools. It's not to say that there are not amazing and innovative educators. Um, but however, the system is stacked up against them. And so I wanted to put that statement out there as I responded to your comment regarding a distinguishing characteristic between um, current Mayor Lightfoot um, and Tui Garcia and, of course, Paul Vallis. And, and here's, here's my take. I know a little about all three of the people. I know Chewy was a was an activist. I know he was one of the Hispanic leadership under 
Mayor Harold Washington. I know that Paul Vallis has wrecked school systems and encouraged privatization of public resources from from Louisiana to Philadelphia, and he did it in Chicago. And if you elect him to, to the fifth floor in Chicago, you're going to find more privatization of public services. It's not complicated. And then there's Mayor Lightfoot. Her history has been a champion of the underdog. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, um, I, I, I want to say you're not wrong. We, yes, there's some buyer's remorse. But it has more to do with the folk around you, with the exception of Mr. Vallis. It has to do with him directly. Look, if Donald Trump knocks on my door, I'm duty-bound to say, Mr. President, how can I help you leave my home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think all jokes aside... Um, you can tell what the old folks say. If it walk like a duck, quack like a duck, Ooh, sound like it? a duck, it must be a Republican duck. <laughs> Listen, speaking of folk who walk the walk and don't just talk the talk, um, our first guest on today is the mayor of the village of Forest Park. His name is Roy Hoskins. Mayor Hoskins has been or was elected uh, to the office of mayor in April of 2019. He is the first African-American to ever have been elected to any public office in his part of God's green earth. Welcome to the show. Give a round of applause. I don't know. Mayor Hoskins, welcome to the show. Good morning, Reverend Johnson. It's great to be with you this morning. Man, it's great to be with you. Great to have you here. This is not your first time on the program, is it? No, but it's my first time on a Super Bowl, and I just want you to know I'm rolling with Philadelphia. Oh, my Fantastic. God. Fantastic. Yes. Jalen Hurts grew up about 40 miles from where I grew up. He's from Channel View, Texas. And, of course, I'm from Galveston, Texas. Yes, yes. All right. Let me me say this, Mayor Hoskins. I, too, am rolling with the Eagles because I have family in Montgomery County. In fact, family in Philadelphia. And I spent my uh, teenage years, teenage summers, in and around the Philadelphia area. So I, I have some connection to the Eagles, but there are some, how can I say, obnoxious Eagles fans who have moved to Chicago, always looking for a fight and don't want to be disappointed. I did not say it was a dear Hayden. I did not say it was her, but I'm just saying they exist. Obnoxious. Interesting. It's, you know, Philadelphia is used to being the underdog and receiving hate from all sides. So I'll just take that comment and we will move forward because you brought up <laughs> a good point about Mayor Hoskins, which he does. He and Jalen Hurts do share in history making moments as we are still in Black History Month as well. Um, Mayor Hoskins, uh, Reverend brought up you being the first African-American in your seat. Can you get a little more specific about that for us? Yes. So Forest Park, you know, was historically a a sleepy little town, uh, mostly led by uh, white Republican men. Uh, In the 90s, demographics began shifting. My family moved to Forest Park in 1999. Uh, I got involved because my kids were in schools, and my wife and I believe in showing up to everything when our children are in school, and I coached soccer, and I was successful at that, and I caught the attention of some of the older town fathers, for lack of a better word, and uh, I just didn't scare them off. You know, they saw that I was willing to volunteer, so they asked me to run. Uh, I don't think they 
really uh, knew some of my internal values, but it, it was a diverse town, and, and they wanted that town to you know reflect the population, if you will. So anyway, I, I was elected in 2007 after having served on the Traffic and Safety, Com- Safety Commission, served two terms as a commissioner. Uh, I went to law school while I was serving as a commissioner. That's like being a trustee or an alderman. And uh, after I got finished with law school, I took some time to focus on my family and focus on my private sector employment. So I served eight years as a commissioner, took four years off, and then four years later, I decided to run for mayor, and I was successful in that election. Fantastic. Now, one of the reasons we want to have you on during Black History Month is um, I personally will not forget your seemingly... um, Music and background stops me in mid-sentence. Reminds me that it's time for a pause for the cause. We have Mayor Roy E. Hoskins, Mayor of Forest Park, on the the phone. But we're going to be right back after this short station break. You are listening to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill open positions in their south suburban location. No experience required. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. My Community Plan Foundation Hour, we have with us the mayor of the village of Forest Park, Mayor Rory E. Hoskins. Yeah, and mayor Hoskins, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I, I want to get to my, my point um, earlier, but I, I, I'm duty bound to um, share with you a comment that <clears throat> um the green-wearing Eagles fan made during the break, and that is um, we're going to extend our condolences to... Uh, Those impacted by the earthquake <laughs> in Turkey. <laughs> because why are you laughing? Those families impacted by the earthquake in Turkey, um, although we, we may have giggled previously, it's seriously no laughing matter. Um, and so our thoughts and prayers are with the families and victims and also with those who will be providing resources to the area as it is still dangerous and there's still rubble and um, things falling. In fact, I want to also um, just express my gratitude to members of Southern Baptist 
convention um, here in America where our Center Relief Program has landed in Turkey and they are lending a hand to those in need. And the great part about this, um, Mayor Hoskins, then I'm going to come back to you personally, is, is as, as you know, Turkey is, a, um, by and large, a, a Muslim um, country. However, yes. you'll find every practitioner of self-described faith um, is on the ground helping not just Turkey, but addressing the problem of Syrian immigrant immigration and those immigrants and refugees um, that were displaced and are now in need of even more help. So hats off, hearts out, prayers up um, for those impacted by the earthquake. A good friend of ours, and I think you know him as well, Hilir Damar, is in Turkey. Um, he is the founder, CEO of the Sakat Foundation of America. So we are absolutely prayerful um, that um, comfort um, is delivered, received by all those impacted. Mayor Hoskins, speaking of comfort and impact, you were successful in getting um, more recognition for Juneteenth, as far as I'm concerned. That was a heavy lift. Tell us a little about that. Well, thank you for bringing it up, uh, Reverend Johnson. Yes, in, in 2009, uh, after becoming, you know, sort of uh, comfortable in my seat here in Forest Park, I wanted to do something uh, for the black children in Forest Park and for the black families. You know, this community uh, had a long history of celebrating it's Italian-American residents, and, uh, you know, the leadership always participated in the annual uh, Columbus Day events in the city, uh, but with public resources. And then, of course, Forest Park has held a large St. Patrick's Day uh, going back um, to the late 90s. This year will be the village's uh, 27th annual uh, St. Patrick's Day parade. They took off during COVID uh, for a year. So anyway, I wanted to do something that reflected the African-American president. And Juneteenth is something that I grew up with. You know, I already mentioned that I was from Galveston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we started an annual pool party. We wanted to give the children and the families uh, a fun event. So we have a really nice aquatic center in Forest Park. It's a big pool with, you know, drop slides and diving boards and a a play area. It's It's a really nice public facility. And I was able to get the uh, director to donate it for an evening. They used to have nighttime pool parties. And I would drive by the aquatic center, and you'd have a a night where it's in the high 80s, you know, in summer. And it was available for private rentals. And I would see large groups. And they were always mostly white groups. I didn't see any black children in these groups. Because to rent the place, you know, it's cost prohibitive. You have to have some, some real disposable income. So anyway, we got it donated. We had this annual pool party. We opened it up to the church communities, to the the various youth programs in the area, not just Forest Park, but we reached out to Maywood and Broadview and the rest of Proviso, and it brought out you know hundreds of children and families. So we did that over several years, and we basically raised a generation of children in the West Suburban area. I mean, we did this from 2009 up, and you know, we still do it. But But the point is, these kids grew up learning about Juneteenth. And then they did their independent research, you know, using the Internet 
parents looked at it. And, and we had white families and Hispanic families and Indian families and Asian families and all colors, but it was celebrating, uh, you know, for lack of better words, an African-American uh, tradition. And I'm glad that it took hold in, in the West suburbs. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, Chicago kind of embraced the tradition. Uh, Chicago always celebrated Juneteenth, but, you know, it needed maybe a little bit of stimulus. And I think the 2000s, you know, the stealing of the election in 2000 from uh, from the Democratic Party and, and some of the things that happened in the intervening years, you know, some of the social injustices, you know, got to a point where we really wanted to kind of focus on what our origins in this country are as a people. You know, we were a proud people in, in Africa, and then we were brought here in chains and we persevered. And we're not going to ignore our history. And, of course, today we see people wanting to block the teaching of African-American history. But, you know, slavery is fundamental to the building of this country. Uh, they used our free labor for over 200 years. And then there was all the Jim Crow and all the legal discrimination. And you can't get around that. So, so Juneteenth, for me, is a way of pointing to our origins and the beginnings of this country in terms of uh, having a discussion about social justice. That's um, really important. And you mentioned being from Texas, um, <clears throat> where they have celebrated Juneteenth for, you know, almost as long as the holiday has been around and the idea and concept has been around. Um, and so I know for me personally, like not growing up celebrating it um, and then becoming a young adult and having the opportunity to celebrate it, um, I would have wished to have something like that as a young child and just being able to celebrate your culture and come together as a community and understand that your community does recognize your unique and specific culture. Um, mm -hmm. Mayor Hoskins, you also are known for your economic development and redevelopment in different areas. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how can we ensure inclusive development um, and how, you know, the contracts don't just go to those with the big dollars. Well, it, you know, that's a function of putting the right people in decision-making positions. And I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, as a commissioner, I made sure that Forest Park, um, you know, awarded some work to an African-American-owned engineering firm when I found that we were getting some public dollars for a large uh, construction project. But the suburbs tend not to have any minority contracting goals because the uh, – the units of government are so fragmented that, uh, you know, the the organizing that forced large jurisdictions like Chicago, you know, like the state of Illinois, like Cook County, the political organizing that, that forced the power to create these kind of, uh, you know, contracting programs, set-asides, if you will, MBE, WBE certification, none of that exists in the suburbs. So it's up to, to people to put the right leaders in place. And I am also up for election this year. You know, suburban elections are April 4. Uh, I am running a vigorous campaign to, to keep uh, keep serving as mayor in this community so I can continue to make uh, diverse appointments and, and uh, recruit uh, companies to Forest Park. We have a number of black-owned businesses on Madison Street we have a number of Hispanic-owned businesses, Latino-owned businesses on Madison Street, Asian-American-owned businesses. 
and Madison Street. I mean, this community is thriving. Uh, it celebrates its diversity. Uh, but I find that there are some very uh, reactionary forces that want to literally, uh, you know, kind of in the MAGA style, take their community back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. I want to bring that to folks' attention. Uh, my website is RoryEHoskins.com. RoryEHoskins.com. If you want some information on Forest Park, if you have neighbors, friends in Forest Park, relatives in Forest Park, please let them know what's happening in Forest Park. Elections are coming soon, and I need the community to be energized so we can hold on to uh, what we have here in the village of Forest Park and the west suburbs more broadly. You know, one of the things that I discerned about you early on um, when you and I met through um, my good friend and partner, uh, Sean Tenner, um, is your humility. So... Some of the work you're doing at Forest Park, as you already know, is groundbreaking. It's ceiling shattering. And uh, even with the Juneteenth, you mentioned Chicago, but you were part of the signing of Juneteenth becoming a state holiday as well. Yes. uh, You know, Forest Park is fortunate uh, in that right now the West Suburbs uh, have a lot of... uh, a lot of power in state government. So the Speaker of the Illinois House, the first black Speaker of the House, uh, Emmanuel uh, Chris Welch, a good friend of mine, uh, has been a long uh, proponent of Juneteenth because he actually came to our first Juneteenth pool party back in 2009. And, of course, the Senate Majority Leader is uh, Kimberly Lightford. She's also of Maywood. And, you know, she uh, adopted the Juneteenth tradition. Uh, She's a proud member of... uh, the Delta Sigma Theta sorority and the Deltas really stepped up in helping to carry the Juneteenth uh, tradition out here in the West Suburbs in the Maywood area. Mm-hmm. And so these leaders, uh, you know, made Governor Pritzker's team aware of uh, the participation of Forest Park. And uh, that allowed me to have an integral role in the ceremony when uh, Governor Pritzker signed the bill to make it a holiday uh, in 2021. You know, since you mentioned um, Greek letter organizations in conjunction with Juneteenth, I would be remiss (laughs) if I did not mention that great brother of mine in Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. That is State Representative, ready for it? Here comes LaShawn Ford, who was also um, one of the contributories of making Juneteenth a uh, state holiday. And Rep. Ford also uh, represents Forest Park. <laughs> He's a good uh, I, I just know that the ladies from Delta, you know, they, they affirmatively joined the committee. But, but Representative Ford has always been there. He was one of the sponsors of the bill. So, yes, he, he, is, he has been on the case for years and years. Uh, and, and so shout out to Representative LaShawn K. Ford. Yes. <laughs> You're going to give me a huge shot. I, I am, too. Hey, listen, I um, want to thank you for making time to join us on today. And we're going to need to have you back on the program. You know, this half, later on, well, in the next segment, um, a good friend of mine um, and another member of my glorious fraternity, distinguished honorable uh, member, uh, Justice Carl Walker is going to be joining us on the program. Before we get to that, though, uh, Mayor Hoskins, can you give your website again um, for the people, please? Sure. That's RoryEHoskins.com. Name Rory, my middle initial, E, 
and Hoskins.com, all one word, no spaces, no underscore, no comma, no period. Rory E. Hoskins.com. Thanks for having me this week. But, but you're welcome to stay on the line if you like. Um, the conversation we're about to engage in is going to be an interesting one, having to do with the uh, village of Robbins. You're listening to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. And we'll be right back after this short station break. Hello, this is Karen Carruthers, My Community Plan Foundation nutritionist, coming to you on this wonderful Sunday with your generational health tip. I'd like to talk to you about something different today, which is fitness. Fitness is very important and should be a part of our life on a weekly basis. You want to try to get a good workout in at least three to four days a week. And aside from joining a a good gym, try to find a gym that has a wonderful sauna. There's lots of good benefits in using a sauna after a wonderful workout. It improves the quality of life, recovery for sore muscles. It enhances detoxification, increased metabolism and weight loss. It's good for less muscle and joint pain. It can add skin health and anti-aging benefits. It helps improve sleep and reduces uh, stress. Along with that, make sure you're getting in enough water and a well-balanced meal full of fresh fruits and vegetables. Karen Carruthers, My Community Plan Foundation Nutritionist. Are you looking for a new career? YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill several roles in their south suburban location. No experience required. They're seeking to fill the following positions. Assembly operator, automation technician, molding operator, quality inspector, setup technician, forklift driver, cycle counter, material handler. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Welcome back to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. I'm your host. Reverend Mitchell L. E. Kenna Johnson. And I'm your co-host, Adia Hayden. Listen, on the phone with me now, you know, we were talking about Good Sigma Men. Have mercy. My good brother, president of Upsilon Sigma Chapter and Illinois Appellate Court Justice First District. Brother Justice Carl Anthony Walker, welcome to the show. First time on the program. Yes, thank you, Reverend Johnson. I appreciate this opportunity to come on to speak about this program. And I also I want to greet uh, Adia, your co-host today. Uh, we're here because the African-American justices of the Illinois Appellate Court First District, we're inviting 
everyone to support the citizens of Robbins, Illinois, and our everyone deserves clean water drive. And the program is going to be next Saturday, February 18th, 2023. But we're, there's, there's two opportunities to drop off water. Uh, there's an opportunity on uh, Friday, February 17th, between 7.30 a.m. and 3 p.m., and then there's another opportunity on Saturday, uh, February 18th, between 10.30 a.m. and noon. And the, uh, on the Illinois Appellate Court First District, there are seven uh, African-American justices, and that's uh, Justice Nathaniel House, uh, Bertina Lampkin, Cynthia Cobbs, uh, Sharon Odin-Johnson, Leroy K. Martin Jr., and then me, Carl Anthony Walker, oh, and also Justice Virginia Lyle. Uh, brand new justice, uh, just, just, just yeah, brand new justice, absolutely. Justice Walker, I, I got to interrupt you because we also have on the line um, our good friend, Justice Cynthia Cobbs. Justice Cobbs, welcome to the program. First time on the program. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Mitchell. And good morning, uh, Justice Walker. Good to be here with both of you. It's all, all, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, and, and so, but. You know, I want to bring on Mayor Bryant from the village of Robbins. Um, Mayor Bryant, are you with us? Good morning. Bless you all. Can you hear me? Good yes. morning, and bless you, sir. Uh, thank you for getting up early in the morning. I know it's a function of Justice Cobbs. We appreciate her. Um, so, but, but here, here's here's why I want to go to you guys very quickly, because we've Justice Walker, um, you, you talked about this. Everyone deserves clean water drive, and I understand this group was brought together by Justice Johnson. However, I, I'm not, I'm confused. Why does Robbins need a clean water drive, Mr. Mayor? Well, once again, good morning. I want to just first start off by thanking all the justices for coming together and standing united with the, the, the village of Robbins during this time. Um, over the past, i say 40 to 50 years, we haven't had any infrastructure improvements and upgrades to our water infrastructure. And then now we're seeing the remnant effects of that. Um, I was sitting in the local business yesterday uh, enjoying, and trying to enjoy some food, and the business owner was telling me that they can barely flush their toilet. So we're still being being impacted by the crumbling water infrastructure, the water main break, um, and it's leaving people and residents in the town for periods of time without the access to clean water. So, um, so that's why we're here today with with the water drive. So I'm I'm gonna just blow a gasket. Wait a minute. So let's back up for a second. Can you help us understand whose responsibility is the infrastructure of Robbins? So who, who, it does fall. Please, I'm gonna give you a. I'm going to give you a technical answer, and I'm going to give you a, a humanity answer. So the technical answer is the local government responsibility to maintain the infrastructure. But we're talking about millions and millions of dollars, right? And the humanity answer is it's the, the state, it's the federal, it's the local, it's a, it's, a joint, it's a joint government venture to maintain and upkeep the water infrastructure. So it, it first falls on Robbins, but obviously we need help from all entities of government. So let me say this, um, Brother Mayor. Before I stood up to the responsibility of being Reverend Johnson, 
I, I was just regular old Mitchell Johnson, law librarian for the county of Cook. And as what, what they call a chief of branch services. So I'm going somewhere with this, uh, Justice Walker. As the, as the chief of branch services, I had an office in Rolling Meadows, an office in Skokie, Markham, Bridgeview, Maywood. Of course, domestic violence and naturally on the 29th floor of the Daily Center. But what I noticed is that Rolling Meadows and Skokie, those communities always seem to be recession proof. And what I've learned is the elected officials always worked in tandem. So even though Skokie's infrastructure is a local issue, they regularly got state dollars, regularly got federal dollars. The infrastructure was never ignored. When, as my community plan foundation began doing energy projects, we learned that black and brown communities never. And now I'm here and you're telling me in 50 years, 50 years that is not a local problem. That's the problem of, now, listen, I'm not going to call it the way I see it. You know, I'm, I'm not a preacher. Um, I am in the Isaiah mode. I just tell truth to power. That's a problem of every elected official, state, county, local, every one of them. How? You need an organ in that. <laughs> say, say it again, please. <laughs> I said you need an organ behind you. <laughs> yes, and I'm seeing in a 60-year history, this has been a problem. Um, so not just 50 years, but Mayor Bryant, in an ideal world, I know you mentioned like seeking collaboration or you know dollars from the federal and state governments. Um, but how do you see this working out? Maybe even in the next 60 days, what would you like to have happen? Well, the first thing I want—I don't want to say I want—the region needs is a state of emergency issue from our governor. And, you know, it... it Mayor, say that one point. more time. I got to slow you down, because if you were in church, I'd say amen, and I would cut you off. Say that one more time. A state of emergency from who? So the first thing I think we need in the first 60 days, because obviously we're not going to get the money in 60 days, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing we need is the formality, the paperwork, the documents of a declaration of a state of emergency. And we're hoping, the region is hoping that that paperwork can trigger maybe some federal support, maybe some, some, some dollars that wasn't privy to without the declaration, right? So we're trying to use all avenues to bring formality and highlight to this issue. So I'm going to get in trouble again. I'm going to get in trouble again. Who's your state senator? Uh, email, email the third, junior, for the third. Well, we're going to have to call him today. I know his daddy. I know him well as well. So, yes, uh, Senator Email Jones, he'll be getting a phone call today. It's 4,600 people without reliable water in this year of 2023 in America. Like, I, I'm just struggling personally to fathom the need for clean water here. Like, I remember when Flint, Michigan was going through their water crisis, and that's still a bit ongoing. Um, and I couldn't believe that we were just ne honestly neglecting our people like that. Um, but the, yeah, this is 4,600 people. But yes, I'm sorry, we do keep interrupting your plan. So after the state of emergency, what else needs to happen? Well, I do want to just loop back around in this state um, to the Honorable State, state Senator Email III. He's been a huge advocate for Robin. So I just want to put that on the record as well, too. Um, the, the monies we got in Springfield came from the senator. Mm -hmm. I just want to highlight that. But this, but what we need, though, is, once again, the state of the emergency 
uh, from the governor because also um, we're doing a water drive right now with the justices, and I once again, I appreciate you all, but we have a National Guard base right next door to Robin. Mm. The, Nas- the National Guard should be preparing Dixmore and Robbins with cases and cases of water for the next break or for the next crisis, right? But the National Guard only responds to the governor. So that's another reason why we need to set an emergency as well within the next 60 days. So it starts right there. And then from there, we can work on a long-term plan on the next couple of years to get $40 million in these large sums of money. You know, I don't want to take away from the work of the justices. Uh, this is about the first time that Justice Cobb has been in my vicinity, and I haven't heard anything other than her introduce herself. So, <laughs> <laughs> What inspired you um, to bring the justices together and rally, again, um, rally for this issue? Justice well, Cobb. You know, um, annually, the African-American justices on the first district will prepare some type of programming uh, in honor and recognition of Black History Month. And in the past several years, that programming has really focused on educating others, particularly our non-African-American colleagues, about the African-American community or what we will call heroes and sheroes in our African-American history. But this year, when we came together, we began to brainstorm about what programming would be best appropriate or would be desirable um, for us to participate in. And we began to talk about community service. Um, Judges, after all, are public servants. So we do our public service in administering justice from the bench, but we also are able to participate in community service activities outside of the courthouse. And so as we began to talk, various members remembered or recalled that there is a water crisis in um, Robbins. And as we talked further, we began to discover or explore ways in which we might have a positive impact uh, on that crisis or to be of service to the citizens of Robbins. So we are bound, as you know, Reverend Mitchell and Justice Walker Circuit certainly knows, we are bound by what we can and cannot do. We cannot ask for money. We cannot ask for legislation. But we can engage in public service activities. And so it seemed fitting, it seemed appropriate that in this um, period of time during Black History Month, that we be of service to a community of residents who look like us. Uh, And so because we could, we are, and we're doing that. I've got to ask another question. I know uh, Mayor Hoskins is listening from Forest Park. He was on earlier today. Um, Mayor Bryan, do you you know how, uh, can you state with any kind of specificity based on your um, relationship and association with other other mayors in the Illinois uh, Cook County area? Uh, can you talk about other communities where infrastructure doesn't leave residents with these kind of challenges? I, I, you were kind of going in and out. I kind of heard part of the question. You said my collaboration with other mayors or something like that. Well, um, that music you hear in the background is telling me that I will have to repeat my question after the break. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. And we'll be back after these messages.
YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill open positions in their South Suburban location. No experience required. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cbcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Welcome back to the My Community Foundation Hour. We have... Justice Carl Walker, Justice Cynthia Cobbs, and Mayor Bryant from the Village of Robbins. We're talking about um, water. We're talking and about these water. people do not have water <laughs> in this year, 2023. They do not have reliable water to shower, to bathe, to eat. Matter of fact, I found an article of Thanksgiving. Yes. They didn't have water. 2022. Yes. Last year. You know, Mayor, and, and I, I don't want you to think. Well, first of all, um, Justice Cobbs, Justice Walker, Mayor Bryant, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to make sure that you, what you hear on this side of the microphone is just um, the absurdity of uh, community in the second largest city in the nation, um, the absurdity of a community in a county which is the third largest county in the nation, um, forefront in everything from Cook County Law Library, largest, continues to be the best law library system in the world. Do they have an advocacy arm? Do, do they, can they be like the judges and do some uh, community activism? Well, okay, I'm sorry, community service and come out. All, all I want you to know, Mayor Bryant, is what, is what you hear is dismay and concern. And I'm not surprised that the justices decided in their community service um, to not only serve the residents of Robbins um, with the Band-Aid of Water immediately, but also to make sure that through their relationships, they begin sounding the alarm that we, we can and must do better. We've got to do something different. Um, so I, I just don't want you to, to hear us and then conclude that our excited utterances are anything other than um, concern uh, and a bit of frustration. Um, I, I would have thought this is a problem of Flint, Michigan, and a Republican legislator, but really it's a problem of will. I do have another question. Um, So with Biden's federal infrastructure bills, um, have you all been able to see any money from that? Or I know that the Biden administration does talk about infrastructure a lot, but it appears you all have a very immediate need. Mayor Bryant. Yes. Can you still hear me? 
Yes. All right, so I think that's still at the federal level with that infrastructure bill. And then, so when the federal, when they pass legislational bills from the federal goes to the 50 states, and then from there, I don't know what's all in that bill, how, what's the breakdown for water, how much money is allocated for water, how much money is allocated for streets. Mm-hmm. I don't know that yet. Um, but I'm pretty sure that when it comes to the state, our legislators and our, our governor will, will let us know. It has nothing's been communicated as of yet. Well, we just going to have to do something a little different here, Brother Mayor. Um, and I, I, and I, I like your idea about a new state of emergency, but I don't want to take away from the need today, right now. Um, listen, grab your mama, grab your uncle, grab baby and all her children and buy cases and cases of water because they got to get to Robin soon as possible. Illinois appellate court justices, African-American justices, um, everyone, sir. May I add something, Reverend Johnson? Absolutely. I just want to add that, and as you know from our meeting yesterday, uh, Upsilon Sigma Chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity has committed to uh, delivering water. The justices of the appellate court, we're donating about 350 cases just ourselves from our own personal funds. And, uh, of course, we opened this up to invite anyone to drop off water on those days that we spoke about earlier. And I just want to mention again that uh, uh, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Chips on Sigma Chapter is going to be donating 80 cases of water, and that'll be uh, dropped off uh, on one of those days next week. And what I'm, what the reason why I mention it is because I'm also asking all members of the Divine Nine to participate and uh, uh, to, to do what they can. Uh, they're also invited to drop off water at any, on, at any time. <laughs> So I, and just to add to, um, I'm sorry, and just to add to what Justice Walker said, we really sounded the alarm in the legal and the judicial community. We asked, and Chief Judge Evans has posted on the circuit court's website the plea for water. So um, it's largely communicated to bar groups and to judge groups, and we expect that there will be a large turnout or a response to the request. In fact. Um, two or three of the justices um, who are not of African-American descent on the Illinois Appellate Court have reached out to me personally, and they intend also to contribute water, to drop water off to the public works building there in Robbins, either on Friday the 17th or on the morning of the 18th when the judges will be there in Robbins with Mayor Mayor Bryant. Uh, to talk and to um, engage with the citizens of Robbins as we participate in this community service effort together. Um, Thank you so much for that, Justice Cobbs. And we're going to do all that we can to um, do a clearing call to faith community as well. Um, But I want to go back, Mayor Bryant, if I can, to you, because I I saw a, a link that suggests that Illinois was investing $94 million in infrastructure um, projects in Harvey, Dixmoor, Riverdale, um, and I didn't see Robbins in that mix. That's a that's a that ninety four million dollar project is a is Wood Street project, I believe the name of that street is. They're redoing a, a couple roadway improvements in that area, so it's like they they made a whole bunch of two ninety four fifty seven exit mergers a couple years ago in that area, and they just expanding the roadway improvement. But I do want to add two. February the 18th, that something just as big as the water drive, 
we have seven black justices coming into Robbins United. And I think that that in itself deserves people to come out and see this unity that's going to happen on February the 18th. I, me personally, I ain't never seen seven black judges together in one time. You know, so I'm excited for myself to, to, for February the 18th just to see this moment and absorb the moment in Black History Month in the historic Robbins at itself. So it's going to be a, a monumental moment. Well, we're excited that um, we're excited and dismayed all at the same time. Our excitement is the collaboration. We want to make sure we acknowledge Justice Sharon O. Johnson, who I understand is one of the conveners of this group of justices. Um, want to make sure we do that. And I'm excited that happened. But I'm dismayed. I'm dismayed that the infrastructure continues to be off the table. For every budgetary cycle, I want to say in the last 60 years, if the infrastructure hasn't been upgraded in 60 years, that means 60 years, when the budget in Springfield was allocated to the various communities, somehow, somewhere, there were other communities that regularly get upgrades. It's almost like the transit system. Goodness gracious. Um, I, I, I just, I'm having a hard time, Mayor Brian, getting over that. I am celebrating. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm celebrating the work of Justice Johnson, Justice Cobbs, my dear brother, Justice Walker, and their colleagues. I celebrate the fact that for Black History Month, as they, as Justice Cobbs alluded to, they sat down and said, what can we do? And the solution was we can bring a light on a historical community called Robbins full of contributors to the fabric of this nation, whether it is the Tuskegee Airmen or even actresses on the good Star Trek vessel. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> so I, I celebrate that. Go ahead. Go ahead. We can't have that air now. Someone start talking. Go ahead. Keep Just, talking. Justice Cobbs. <laughs> I, I was just lo- I was just loving all the trivia because you know, um, and and it is significant that the African American judges are focusing on Robbins. Yes, it is the water crisis that, in the first instance, um, re- prompted us to give some attention to it. But we are not unaware that very many great things and great people came out of Robbins, and it is really just the bedrock of some of the rich history that Illinoisans enjoy. And so we are hopeful that um, people will hear the call, people will respond to the call, and that there's now been a light, a brighter light shown on Robbins, and that there will be some response, uh, either by bringing uh, the water that we're requesting on the 17th or the 18th. And you heard me earlier say judges can't ask for legislation. We leave that all to the mayor and to you, Mitchell. You're doing a pretty good job. But we hope to see uh, a loud and uh, resounding and continuing response to this crisis, not just on the 17th and the 18th, but in the days beyond. Well, let, let me just say, I, I've already shot a couple of texts out to our state elected officials. And, you, you know, I got I, I have uh, anger management problems. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. And now we've told we've told the great reverend that there's a water issue. So the alarm has been sounded. We are not going to let this go. Mayor Bryant, you have an ally here 
with uh, all of MCP Media Division. We will not stop talking about it until we get commitments and then get this dad blame state of emergency. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. In the meanwhile, um, Justice Walker, before we get out of here, please, uh, is there a phone number um, that anyone can reach out to, reach reach the team to support the effort we need? Everyone deserves clean water. So let's get this initiative successful. And then let's at the same time, because we can't walk and chew gum at the same time, can't we? Then let's go ahead and pursue this state of emergency. Any contact information, gentlemen? Or I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, just, uh, well, there's no phone number needed because this is a really simple project that we're doing here. And the only thing uh, that citizens need to do and they're invited to do is to drop off water. They can drop it off at the uh, Robbins Public Sports Building. Uh, that's 3327 West 137th Street. Again, 3327 West 137th Street. That can be done on Friday, February 17th from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. or on Saturday, February 18th from 10.30 a.m. to noon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Wait, oh. One more moment. We don't want the citizens to forget that we'll be in council chambers on the 18th at 11 a.m. So they can come and pick up water. And we would love the opportunity to, to meet and to greet them on Saturday, the 18th at 11. The justices will be with Mayor Bryant in council chambers at 11 a.m. Now, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, y'all are not listening audience. We're listening and watching on today and will during the week. These aren't just your regular trial judges. These are your justices from the Illinois Court of Appeals, 1st District. Uh, We appreciate you, appreciate the vision, the effort. And Mayor Bryant, we got you back. Listen, this is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. We are hoping you have a super fantastic and grateful week and support this state of emergency. We'll tell you how in the next program. Fly, fly.